To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. Housewives, so they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like yeah. Look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of pretzels that he just. You're going to Thailand. You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time, but it's not with his buddies. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin fucking D. Too much. That's who we're I sound like Bill Maher. Really, John? Really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go yourself. PositiveSarcasm.com recorded here from the sandbox. Like, subscribe, share. PositiveSarcasm.com uh, for all your whatever needs. What am I missing? Oh, yeah. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate if you want to support the podcast, the posing music, the YouTube channels, the Instagram uh, uh, reels, the whatever, the whole thing, the whole spare parts empire. Just go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you want to contact me, you can go right to my website, hit the contact page. There's also the Weeble affiliate link there, the Cash app, the Acorns app, or you can just contact me directly. Positive sarcasm at outlook.com subject, whatever you want it to be, even if it's a death threat. There we go. There we go. A little soothing. <laughs> a little soothing of the throat. Okay, I'm better. Sorry, I'm a little flustered. It's been a long week of... Uh, <clears throat> we had some crazy, crazy storms. I, well, <clears throat> this is my first This is my first time uh, by the seacoast uh, experiencing the winter coming upon us. Uh, and the waves, the amount of water hitting... I mean... North Beach, Genesis Beach, um, weren't there no more. They were gone. They're 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 gone. Like it's just there's waves. Cra- there was a guy who parked. He parked his uh his Mustang. It was a V6, so it's technically not a Mustang. Parked it um right up on the on the shoreline there where the uh, where you walk down to actually go to the sand. And he pulled in, and a massive wave just blew up his whole front end. Just came crashing down and landed on the top of his literally. 
uh, right over the top of his convertible roof. It was brilliant. I mean, even I know better. Oh, I'm just going to watch the sunrise. There's no fucking sun out, stupid. Um, but they're, like, in the regular beach, the giant main beach that we have, uh, <clears throat> was half flooded. Like, all the walkway, most of the walkways, excuse me, that, that take you down to the beach were all puddled with water. And, yes, I am aware that I do currently live in a flood zone, but I am taking tabs to, uh, uh taking it. Tab? Keeping tabs up? I'm keeping tabs on it and taking uh, precautions to make sure that there's not an issue there for my vehicles, for my home, and of course for my best friend, who um, I'm a little flustered today also because um, he came down with some type of eye booger stuff, which is pretty much the same. It's basically doggy conjunctivitis. And... You know, me as me as a, as a four-legged, you know, a, a, a father of a four-legged son, um, it, it gets me very... You guys know, if you watch some of my older stuff, that I get really emotional when it comes to Chase. And, I mean, the first thing I did, I watched it yesterday, and then his eyes got red today. And I was like, oh, boy. So, thankfully, his nose has been great. His nose is... Um, I, I, like I said, like I'm a first time dad basically. So I'm freaking out over every little thing justifiably. So, because I don't want anything to happen to him. Nothing. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have any type of discomfort whatsoever. <clears throat> and so his eyes are right now, his eyes are a little red. Um, but his eyelids are not swollen, but he has having some green dist a little bit of green discharge coming from his eyes. Not a lot, but enough to bother him. And I don't want him to feel like he is, um, irritated so he's constantly rubbing his face but so i mean the first thing i did we when i got home today is after a walk we went right to the pet store we ran in there and i got um some like aloe vera uh, uh lavender chamomile eye wash i got i got eye cleaner around the edges which you use with like a little q-tip and um, i got his i got the saline cleaner which is like a drop that you put in his eye so it clean, keeps his eyes nice and clear. And, of course, I got the drippy stuff, which is filled with, like, chamomile and all that other stuff that's good for dogs' eyes. Um, standard holistic stuff, but the stuff you do use to keep his eyes clean and uh, debris-free so there's no swelling, there's no irritation, and therefore he doesn't rub his, his eyes, and then will allow keeping it clean to allow the, the, viral, the virus that's, and the bacteria that's in his eyes to run its course so that there's no damage. Because if you just let it go and it can get worse, it can cause swelling, which can cause blindness. And it can also get it from his eyes down into his nose. And if it's in his nose, then you got a real problem. Because bronchial, or excuse me, conjunctivitis can get bad if it gets into your, into your nasal passages or into your ear passages, then you have a slew of problems. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to take that risk. Not with him, not in any way, shape, or form. So uh, right now he's he's resting, and uh, he hasn't rubbed his eyes at all. And as far as I know, I'm going to double-check his eyes in a minute um, to make sure they're clean. But, I mean, as far as I'm considered, you know, like I'm, I think I'm, I'm trying to do everything right. You know, I am. I'm truly trying to do everything right by him um, before having to, you know... I'm sure it's... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume that it's no big deal. I'm not. I'm just not in that position to say that. Um, <laughs> you know, when it comes to doctors, they can go screw themselves. When it comes to vets, 
and it comes to uh, animal nutritionists, I pay attention. That's different. Dogs are a different breed. You know, you don't give your dogs antidepressants, but if you need to, you, you can give your dogs antibiotics and things like that. But they generally do heal themselves quite quickly. They do take care of themselves quite well as long as they're healthy, happy dogs. And they get a lot of exercise and they get fed well. And these are all things that happen with him. It's just one of those things that it happened and I'm, I'm jumping right on it. I'm jumping around on it to see if it, if it gets, if I can take care of it over the course of the week. And, um, but if it does get worse for some reason, it doesn't go away. I will go to the next measure. Um, I won't hesitate anything for him. I don't care. You guys know, doesn't matter what the price doesn't care how long it takes. I will assure his, his best life is lived for sure. So, um, if you, that being said, if you want to support his health and wellness, go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Um, <coughs> I got a link for, um, actually I got a link to regarding Robin hood. Um, Robin hood is the trading app that uh, made a, that, you know, stormed onto the screen, uh, back in the late 2010s, um, uh, with its ease of use and, and believe me, ease of use swing day trading, but, uh, really got notoriety when it started screwing screwing over investors or um, uh, regarding the whatchamacallit, uh, the whole situation regarding AMC and BlackBerry and, of course, uh, GameStop and that whole fiasco. So what they did on one of the day, because what happened was they were trying, I mean, I'll, I won't get too technical, but the buy the the uh, GameStop, you know, the Wall Street bets people were trying to screw over the sh the um, the hedge funds that were running the uh, overshorted poor GameStop stock and uh, trying to squeeze them for all their money, which they successfully did. They required a two billion dollar infusion to keep the hedge fund going. The also when this was happening, it was a couple specific. It was a few specific days. One in particular. Where Robinhood was because their, of their connection with the capital, the firm that raises the capital and the hedge fund, Robinhood restricted buying the buying of any more GameStop stocks on that day. You could only sell. So, and you knew that if you were going to sell it, it went to the hedge funds or this one hedge fund in particular. So there was a lot of this. This shit show is still. Um, playing out as we speak whether it be in the stock market or in the courts but that being said a lot of people started turning their attention away from robin hood and started looking into other uh investment apps or trading apps such as coinbase or or weeble or other trading apps i know there were other trading apps that also did restrict um trading on that day but it did push a lot of people away from robin hood or at least split their time between trading and Robinhood has still been trying to... Uh, they've been slow to the chase when it comes to uh, trading crypto. Is another reason I actually switched from uh, Robinhood to Weeble was their ability on Weeble. Like, oh, we're introducing four coins that you can trade on our app. And now they're in, and then they introduced Doge. And then they introduced Shiba Inu. And I'm sure there'll be more to come. But Weeble has, Weeble has been surprisingly accommodating. Now... The main topic before I jump into some other health and wellness type stuff was their Robinhood uh, announced earlier this year that they were going to be uh, they were going to 
get an IPO. They were going to be a publicly traded company in order to raise capital. So this pissed a lot of people off. And it's funny, I, I did, I got the link, and I actually decided not to go with the link. I went with the, um, I just, we'll just take a look at the ticker just for laughs. So, let you know that if you're a good company, people will buy your stock. They have faith in your company and they want you to succeed. That's what GameStop's all about. That's why a lot of people still own GameStop. They refuse to sell. They want to see the company succeed. They didn't want to see the company go out of business. That's why GameStop is still around and, well, doing quite well. As far as Robinhood, well, <coughs> their initial IPO started around 33, rose to 85, and this is only since August. And then very, very quickly, down they went. I mean, there was a quick rise, and then like an 18-year-old boy in his first time, oh, where it came back for a little bit, back up to 46 then, Oh, uh, uh, and then fucking 20% gone. So it's peak from its initial profit of 33.25, peaking at 85. And then uh, since the, in the last three months, it has just fell below its initial profit offering. Well, you get what you deserve. That's what, that's just how it is in life. And um, I don't know. What else is in store for them? But the way that they were treating their customers, just like the way Facebook treats its, well, you know, users, is very similar. They just use the data. And apparently, I mean, there was some rumors of uh, Robinhood doing front, reddit, front running and other stuff that was committing securities fraud. But like I said, it's all speculative. A lot of a lot of insider trading and illegal trading and all that other kind of bullshit happens in the stock market all the time. I don't know. A lot of words were thrown around, and um, there was, I mean, there was a federal inquiry. There was a committee hearing. There was all kinds of stuff. I don't know if anything's gonna come of it, but I I know there was an outcry for regulation for a while. But at this point, nothing. It's just they had a profits. They had they had they. Brought their, their company to market, and they've just been flatting, flattening. Here's the thing. They can continue to drop for a while. There is a point, though, that if they don't hold their stock, if their stock value continues to drop, they will be removed from, uh, from their listing. Their listing will be removed. Like, for example, if you're, if you're in the S&P 500 or you're in the NASDAQ or you're in the Russell... If your stock price fall, falls below a certain amount, they'll take you out of that listing because that listing has an index and that index goes into portfolios and those portfolios go into retirements and pensions and other things. And if your excuse me, if your stock is hurting the value of that index or that portfolio or that pension, that port that index will kick you out because your stock sucks and you're hurting the value of it. So if Robinhood continues to fall, they can do one of two things. They can either A, do a reverse split. Well, A, do a reverse, yeah. A, do a reverse split where they take four of your stocks and they turn and they combine them into one stock. So you have a $5 stock, then you take four of them, you smash them together, you got a $20 stock. The only problem is, is that 
pisses off investors when you do a reverse split. It upsets them greatly. So you do that reverse split, it goes down to $20. It can fall again. It can even it can fall even more. Or and then their option two is the the second option, a better option, is be a better company. Acknowledge your errors in some way, shape, or form that legally doesn't get you into a shitload of trouble. Open up crypto for all users, including Shiba Inu, and just be a better app. Just be a better app in general. But, you know, you can say this is your options. They'll never take it. And that's why a lot of people are switching over to different uh, trading apps. In the meantime, this one was a tasty one. This is regarding a company that... Uh, I used to work for. So this is from TopClassActionLawsuits.com. Um, they are the watchdog for all set, uh, class action settlements, whether they are small or large. And a lot of these um, class action lawsuits are available to the general public. Anybody who is a consumer of services or goods, or even beyond that, if you worked for a company or you had credit checks or identity theft, or a, a, a victim of identity theft. This is a, this is a website for you. Top class action lawsuits. Always check in it. I would personally, I check it every day. I check it every day. But this is regarding United Healthcare. United Healthcare is uh, a, I believe, a subsidiary. A, it's a, it's a branch. Excuse me, of a larger company called United Health Group. Shit, I think they're so big they own John Deere. So. Um, the consumer nationwide who were or these consumers nationwide who were overcharged as a result of United Healthcare's tiered reimbursement policy after receiving behavioral health services from an out-of-network professional from out of ne an out-of-network professional may be eligible for compensation thanks to a recent $10 million class action lawsuit. Settlement class members include individuals who were covered by an employee-sponsored United Healthcare group plan and received behavioral health services from an out-of-network psychologist or master's level counselor or social worker between no November 22nd, 2013 and this year, August 11th. So eight years. Uh, and chances are in 2020 and in, in, in early 2021, a lot of people were hitting the behavioral health specialist uh, thing. Um, these individuals are subject to the United United's tiered reimbursement policy. Plaintiffs of ledge... UHC's tiered reimbursement policy unfairly and improperly reduced the benefit amounts for certain behavioral uh, health services that were out of out of network. At least according to them, it's out of network. According to the class action lawsuit, services for psychologists were reportedly reduced by 25%, while master's level counselors and social workers, excuse me, social workers got reduced by 25% to 35%. The plaintiffs say. The company's actions were a violation of the Employment Reti Federal Employee Retirement Security Act of 1974 (ERISA) and the Federal Mental Health Parity Law. UHC, which serves people in all 50 states, and by the way, this is one of the largest health insurance companies in the United States, according to the company website, denies all allegations made by the plaintiffs. Obviously, because it's easier to just pay out and walk away and not admit any wrongdoing. Um, <coughs> Pfizer, I believe, did the same thing. Um, the court, no, seriously, the court has not reviewed the facts surrounding the case and they have not made a ruling in this situation. Instead, both parties have reached an agreement. All parties involved believe the proposed settlement is in the best interest of any of everyone involved. According to the proposed class action settlement agreement, the company will pay out over $10 million. 
eligible class members will receive a pro rata share of the funds remaining after all other fees are deducted from the settlement fund. The exact amount of this payment will vary and will only cover a portion of the alleged underpayment of benefits. Class members who are eligible to receive less than $15 will not receive any payment. On top of that, the company that has not agreed has agreed not to reinstate the tiered reimbursement policy. Eligible class members do not need to take action to receive their share of the settlement. Class members who disagree with the settlement with the settlement agreement but wish to remain in the settlement class have the right to object to the current agreement. Class members who do not... I don't speak lawyer. That's why I bought a lawyer this year. Class members who do not wish to remain in the class action settlement in the settlement class but want to retain the right to sue this company must exclude themselves from this action, from this class action lawsuit. The deadline is to opt... The deadline to opt out is November 22nd, 2021. The, uh, a final fairness hearing is scheduled to take place on December 16th of this year. No claim form is required. Now, who is el eligible for this? All right. Class members who... Include individuals who are covered by an employee-sponsored United Healthcare group plan and receive behavioral health services from an out-of-network psychology psychologist or master's-level counselor or social worker between November 22, 2013, and August 11, 2021. These individuals are subject to the United Health United's tiered reimbursement policy. So, the, and like they said, the potential award varies, and there's no proof of purchase necessary. So if it's in your medical records, they'll know. So, um, behavioral health. Obviously, if you're going to talk about your inner, when it comes to anything, if you if you have problems with your liver, or you want you want your own primary care physician, one you know you want a good one. Chances are you're going to go to an out of net. You may your your favorite doctor may be out of network. Your favorite psychologist, your favorite behavioral health specialist may be as well. And even though United Healthcare is literally like number two, I think, in the United States. There's still a lot of great doctors that are not covered by them. Straight up. They consider it out of network for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Even the the you know the the freaking rich and famous still have this problem. Because they, they get health insurance too. And they still run into this problem. Now when it comes to behavioral health, I think, personally, I think that, I mean, right now it's an important thing. I, a lot of people really do need behavioral health specialists. Uh, they also need nutritionists. I think these are two of the most important things. Somebody who can help you physically get back on track, nutrition-wise, somebody and somebody who can get you mentally on track. I think these are things that should be explored and expanded. And I don't right now, I don't think they should be considered out of network. But I know this company. I know this company very well from, from how they treated their employees when it comes to metrics, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to um, how they react to the market, how they react to the market in 2008, how they reacted to their market, and how they treated outside employees, how they treated... Uh, uh, not outside employees. How they treated just their employees in general. I mean, they were one of the first, they were de they were a company that started going out uh they started funding overseas uh India, Philippines. Um so they pushed some shit offshore. Um they also had layoffs in 2008, like I mean a lot of 2008 2009, like a lot of people did, but they jumped the gun because 
they actually had to hi rehire people back because there was a lot of work to be done. So it was a very foolish move. Very foolish move. And I went back. I went back because I was just... I you know, It's been a long... I've never been laid off before, so you take it personally. But I went back. Now, as far as what we made with that company, oh, it was awful. This was true corporate bullshit in all of its glory. And this company made you not give a fuck about your job more than probably any other company you could possibly imagine. This was like... I mean... We're talking low-tier bullshit. I mean, they had large group processors who didn't make any money. Some of their best phone reps who didn't make any money. Some of their best auditors who didn't make any money. Their best small group processors who didn't make any money. We're talking about when you didn't make any money. Back in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. First of all, people were not getting raises. And if they were, it was pennies. Abs I mean, fucking pennies. I was hired on, I was making $1,000 more than somebody with a four-year bachelor's degree. And we were hired at the same time. At the same time, I was making $1,000 more than him. I had no, and he had a full four-year boat. And then I was released and then brought back at the same pay. Six and a, six and a half years. With this company, I didn't get one raise. None. All they did was keep raising the quality metrics. All they did was keep feeding me great corporate jargon about, oh, you make such a difference. You make such a huge difference. Uh, you guys matter to the community. Really? Do we? I don't fucking think so. I mean, they would bring in these guys, these sales guys from New York who are making fucking shit tons of money just to sell the product. And they'd come in there just rolling. I mean, these were like true New York lunatics. And they would just roll in there with their with their high priced material, and we were just we were savages to them. We were fucking peasants. God bless you, Annie, and God bless Robin Hood. We were the peasants. We were the complete peasants to them. People making less than twelve dollars an hour. I remember there was one old lady. She'd been there for years. I think like de a decade. She's making eleven eighty seven an hour. So, I I mean. Bonkers, and their metric systems kept getting worse and worse and worse because they would allow them to justify not paying anybody. Oh, you didn't meet your metrics? Oh, okay. Well, then you don't qualify for any payment increases. It's like, all right, whatever. And on top of that, um, what else? Oh, yeah. Towards the end, towards the latter of two of the late 2010s, they were just they were all only cared about basically. They said they were trying to save the customer, the you know, the, the patient money, but all they were doing was removing a lot of the uh, quality checks from the audits and stuff like that, so that they would didn't have to jump through as many hoops, um, just to speed up the process. Who cares if you fucked up on their paperwork, didn't spell their name right, or whatever? As long as there's no increase in the cost of the of the of the payment plan, it didn't matter. Just rush it through. Don't bother with the audits. Don't worry about it. Just send it. And that was getting worse and worse. It used to be you would get audited on every single piece of uh, every single process that you did, and then it got cut. It got cut to like a tenth of that. So it was clear to me, and prices, regardless of whatever Affordable Care Act or whatever, prices were going up. 
Prices were going up hundreds of dollars a, a, a year, sometimes thousands. Prices just skyrocketed. They were introducing cheaper plans. They just, just squeezing it for whatever reason. They didn't care. These companies control these companies like United Healthcare and Blue Cross Blue Shield or whomever. A lot of these companies control how you get to visit your doctor. They do. They have it then scenarios that are based on, well, the insurance company will be like, well, no, well we're not going to pay him. The, we're not going to pay the patient's uh, deductible or whatever if you bill it like this. If you bill it like that, we'll cover it. Oh, and they can only do this twice a year, blah, 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 blah. They control the narrative. And the hospitals are forced to basically do nothing but say, sorry, you can't come. Otherwise, you're paying out of pocket. So the hospitals are in on it at this, at this point. There was, um, and the, the way they do layoffs is fucking terrible there. For sure. Factual. The way they, uh, United Healthcare does layoffs is awful. There's three instances I can tell you about. One is mine. When I was, I was on vacation and I got a phone call saying that I was terminated. Straight up. Phone call. Leave it right at that. Gone for six months. Never got a raise there. The second was somebody who left. He went. Uh, this was a one of their directors who worked out of, I think, the Buffalo branch. And basically one, one day just ran around dragging people into, according to a forum I read, dragging people into uh, rooms and just firing them, laying them off. I mean, just person upon, person after person after person after person. For whatever reason. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't work at the Buffalo Branch. But just that type of, you know, slaughterhouse-like mentality from the directors who make a ton of money. This person actually went on to go work for um, a lar the world, the uh, this state's largest hospital. And I think is still there to this day. But went from UHC to this state's largest hospital. So... It just goes to show you, it's like, okay, well, you know, you're fucking over people from this angle in healthcare. Now you're fucking over people in this angle in healthcare. Great. Let's hire them. So that was another way that they laid people off, just by dragging them into a room and blowing their head off. And finally, the third, I can't say her name. She's a dear, dear friend of mine. I love her to pieces. I wish I met her in another life. Um, and maybe someday I will. The way they laid her off, she was working from home and they pinged her because they would send her an instant message and they said, hey, give us a call real quick. And they said, okay. Uh, she said, well, let me finish this audit and then I'll give you a call. And they said, no problem. Finish what you got to do. And then she called and they said, you're done. You don't have a job no more. Here's your severance. Fuck off. And I was... I'm like... So they... they I mean... You finished what you were doing... And then you got laid off? And you got pinged? It's like... I would take the fucking computer... And throw it out the fucking window. Basically, when I was done with my last job... And I had my work from home gear... I basically, they're like, okay, make sure you clear that you return your stuff. Fuck that. I threw all my shit in a box, walked to the front door, dumped it right on the front door, and I was out of there. 
Like, I'm, you fucking deal with it. This isn't my problem anymore. You know? Peace. As far as... Yeah, I love it. You get a phone call. You put your ass on, uh, on the line every day to work for these goddamn companies. And they just call you and be like, yeah, you're, you're good. T take care. You're all set. Whether it's because they're pushing shit overseas, they're just trying to cut costs, but it's like... What the fuck? It makes you never want to work for one of these companies. You really don't. Because you see how they treat their employees. This is how they treat their employees. Well, it's no different with how they treat their customers. It really, not in my opinion, no. From what I've seen, from what I've experienced, from how I process there, no. I didn't sign an NDA when I left. I didn't at all. And basically, if you went at that point when I was leaving and other others were leaving, you put in your two weeks notice, they send you packing that day. They don't let you work your last two weeks with dignity. They just send you out the door. Do you get your two weeks? Yeah, but I wrote, put it in my, in my farewell letter that, you know, if for any reason my, my dismissal is immediate, make damn sure that that two weeks is in there. Because if it's not, here's the thing. If you don't put your, if, if you put in your notice and then they just fire you on the spot and they don't pay you, guess what? It's going to set it up to the point where, well, if people know that you're not going to get, they're not going to get paid, then there's not, they're not going to put in their two weeks. They're just going to quit. They're just going to quit. And imagine trying to find help right now. When you're that shitty, shitty of a company, in my opinion, when you're that fucking dog shitty of a company, and you can't... Imagine trying to find help right now. Imagine the signing bonuses and the pay that you have to put out right now just to get the help. And believe me, there's only so much automation you can do, especially at companies like these. I've seen how the automation works at some of these companies, and there's only so much you can do. And the amount of metrics, first of all, I get it. I know I talked about uh, metrics being out of control, but it was metrics, metrics was being used for all the wrong reasons. So people weren't even cared about, people didn't even care about actually helping the customer. They only cared about hitting the markers on the metrics. That's it. That's all they cared about was hitting the markers on the metrics. Nothing else mattered. They hit the markers on the metrics, they make their bonuses, they keep their job, and that's it. Fuck the customer. Fuck the customer. And that's how it was. And then, it, why would we give a shit? We worked just hard enough not to get fired. And believe me, after, the, like, I think my fourth year there, I just stopped fucking caring. I just surfed around on the internet. I looked at whatever I want. I played fucking video games. I did barely enough work. Didn't even show up to meetings. Didn't give a shit. I was on, like, a final corrective action for, like, fucking, I think, like, a year. I was on corrective action when I got laid off and when I came back. And I was probably going to get fired, like, two weeks later anyways. Because if they wanted you out, they'd, they'd fucking kick you out. They wanted you out. They just set it up so that you keep, you keep getting more errors. Your quality goes down. You go on corrective action. And the next thing you know, you're on death's door. That's how these companies work. They want you out, you're out. They up the metrics, they shit on you, and then the next thing you know, you're a broken human being, and it it shows on your resume that you were fired. So why do it? Why put up with this shit? Why would you do it? Why would you go and bother work for the... I At the same time, people need to work. I get it. 
People need to get off their fucking asses and go to work. At the same time, this is not the work you need to be going to. This is a foundation of 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 just utter bullshit. This is stuff that you not need to, not need to be wasting your time with. This is something maybe like instead of going to college, you deal with this fucking retarded shit for like two years, and then you go and do something else to say you have office experience. I mean, it is good to know how much suffering you can you you can take by watching other people just die miserable deaths in an office like this to know that you never want to work in one ever again. Because the worst sort of people work there. The worst sort of people. Just bitter wives and fucking emasculated husbands and just the ugliest emotionally sort of people and the, some of the ugliest physically sort of people. I mean, it really does just take your soul to work for a shit company like this. And believe me, a lot of these people that work for United Health Group probably did ha need the behavioral health services and probably did have employee-based health care and probably did get screwed over by this fucking tiered service. I remember a buddy of mine who worked for UHC as well. He was having a kid, his first child. They gave him all sorts of shit. All sorts of shit. Fucking nuts. I'm so glad he doesn't work there anymore. I'm so glad that woman doesn't work in, work there anymore. God bless her. And I'm so glad I don't work there anymore. I spent, what, 13 fucking years in the healthcare industry. From durables, from durable medical equipment to health insurance to actually working in healthcare on the administrative side. I've seen it all. It's bullshit on every end. You're getting fucked over as an employee and as a patient and as a customer. Forget it. So, uh, lawsuits like this, what do you expect? I talked about the Pfizer one. I talked about the other one when it came to the painkillers. The antidepressants. It's no different. They don't give a shit. They're just finding ways to make money. Imagine if there's quality metrics, actual quality metrics on some of the shit that you took. Forget it. Forget it. What do we got here? This is what antidepressants. Why aren't why aren't they better now? This is this is by Mel Magazines. Why aren't antidepressants better by now? Because they were never good. They were never good. They were never good for you. All that shit does is turn young boys into fucking school shooters. Why would you take that shit? It's not going to get better for you. This is synthetic garbage. It's fucking terrible. Whether it's based on a methamphetamine, whether it's based on SSRIs, it's awful. It tries to paint a world that doesn't exist. These colors don't exist. You don't take this shit. It takes all the empathy out of your brain. It takes all the, uh... It, it creates a fake path like nothing's wrong. Believe me, something's wrong. These pills aren't going to make it better. That's why they're not going to get better. They're a lie. You shouldn't be taking them. They almost fucking killed Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. So, or He was on benzodiazepines. And he believed, he truly believed that if you're in a tough state, you can take these. And he was wrong. But he thought he could quit him cold turkey. You can't. You can't. 
And a lot of people are reconsidering. There's fucking class action lawsuits coming for all this stuff. So, yeah. Just right off the top. Why aren't antidepressants better by now? Because they were never good. Just like painkillers. They were never good for you. There are other there are, there are actual antidepressants that are out there that are good for you. One of them is called a good diet. One of them is called a, a proper lifestyle. One of them is called a good marriage or a great relationship. The other one is a hobby. The other one is a decent paying job or a career or, or owning your own business. Working out is another one. Proper digestion. Good gut biome. These are things you can take care of yourself by not having to ever pop one of these white labels. Never! Ever! You, they'll never be good. They'll never be good for you. Ever. If you have to resort to taking an SSRI or antidepressant, chances are you already have a shit ton of problems that could be caused by other. You already have a, a ton of problems that could be that, that happened prior to this situation that you could have solved the vast majority of them beforehand. I get it. There are other things sometimes, but they're not going to get better because these things aren't designed to be long-term. I know they say they're long-term. They're not. They, they're the same company. They're, they're made by the same companies who made the painkillers that killed thousands of people. The same people that make the benzodiazepines that have killed children, that almost killed Dr. Peterson, and will kill many others. They're the same medicines People, they're the same companies that make these fucking Ritalins and Concertas and Adderalls that make kids shut up because they refuse to learn the garbage that's in schools right now. They're the same people that make these antidepressants and all this other bullshit that they're feeding to fucking high school students that make them into shooters that, that could be likely causes of suicides. They're the same people that are, are making these vaccines that are weakening after six to eight months. It's all there. They all do it. They don't care. The one good thing they fucking made, they that um, the one thing they, they talk about this uh, this ivermectin stuff that was made by Merck, Merck won't even touch it. They say it doesn't work, yet they're coming up with something that's just like it, because they don't owe the patent to it anymore. It's released as a general medication. You can buy it from fucking Canada. It's all bullshit. These pharmaceutical companies that make these antidepressants, these health insurance companies that cover it or sometimes don't, and these healthcare companies, as far as these hospitals and clinics that are bound by these healthcare companies, they're all in on it. They won't get better because they were never good. And you're being screwed every you're being screwed at every turn. Now I decided to dress up for this this episode a little bit, keep things high and tight. One because I had to go run to the store to get some ointments and stuff for my buddy's eyes. Good. Okay. All right. But number two, oh, this is this was a serious episode, a little more serious episode. We're going to get some Q&A in a minute. It's going to be a little bit silly. And we're going to end on a stance that I have no choice, but I have to take it. So in the meantime, you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. Let's get right to this Q&A. We're going to close up shop for this week. All right. Can I get my employees... Can I get my employee reassigned to punish her for complaining about not getting paid? I'm not comfortable with one of my new staff members and how overconfident she is. Her work is great and she needed very little training, but she's got very big britches. Jane, 
has only been with us for two months. Just today, she asked for a meeting with me about and our, our payroll manager. It turns out payroll made an error, entered her direct deposit information that resulted in Jane not getting paid, not once, but two times. Our company requires potential candidates to complete sample assignments during the interview process, and we pay them an hourly contractor rate. It turns out she didn't get paid for her assignment period or for the next pay, full pay cycle. The payroll employee apologized directly to Jane in an email because it was an error in entering her information and not following up slash fixing it. That resulted in Jane not getting paid. Jane was able to show emails back and forth where she checked in with the payroll employee and asked if it was fixed, which they confirmed it was. Today was payday and Jane didn't get paid. She checked with the employee again and they acknowledged that they thought it was fixed. It was upsetting for Jane. I understand, but I think she was out of line about the whole thing. People make mistakes. Neither payroll or I knew anything about it until today. We both apologized and assure her that the issue will be handled. After that, she looked at me and the payroll manager and said, I appreciate your apology, but I need you to both understand that this can't happen again. This has put me under financial strain and I can't continue to work for a company if this isn't corrected today. She's got a point. The payroll manager was heavily in agreement, but I was speechless that she'd speak to management like that. Oh, I'm not speechless. I totally get where she's coming from. Payroll handled the whole thing and cut her a check with the okay from HR. Good. Jane had referenced that not being paid put her in financial hardship and unable to pay bills. So HR allowed her to use the employee hardship fund and gave her $500 in gift cards so she can get groceries and gas and catch up on bills. I'm just kind of floored that she's kind of, she's getting gift cards after speaking to her superiors like that. Her superiors fucked up and she suffered because of it. I'm just kind of floored that she's getting gift cards and speaking to superiors. I'm also uncomfortable because why is our company responsible for her fiscal irresponsibility? Because she works for you. So she works for you for free? No, she works for you so she can get paid. Your job is to pay her on time. If you don't do so, then why is she working? Her personal finances and debts are not the company's responsibility. Yeah, but her your responsibility is to pay her so she can take care of her financial responsibilities. Otherwise, huh? <laughs> I just don't think it's the company's responsibility to give her more than what she's earned. The extra 500 from the employee emergency refund to fix things for her if she overspent or didn't prioritize her bills or save smartly. No, she planned on getting paid accordingly, so she planned properly. It's called being a good employer. We also didn't know she was actually experiencing a financial hardship or claiming she was. HR allowed her paid time to go to the bank today and deposit her check. Good. I, also, I told our HR person that while it's not okay Jane getting paid, the way she approached it was uncalled for. HR told me she's right. It can't happen again, and it shouldn't happen at all. That's also true. I'm getting tired of the respect gap I'm seeing with younger staff. I think Jane would have been better suited in a different department. I'm not comfortable having her on my team since it's obvious she doesn't understand she's entry level and not in charge. Ooh, boy. Should I wait before suggesting she transfer to a different department? Um, okay. If, okay, first of all, it's one thing if, let's see, she's been waiting for two months. Okay. So let's just say you don't pay her bi-weekly. All right, so you pay her bi-weekly. She asked for a meeting. Okay, it turns out they made an error in entering her direct deposit information that resulted in Jane not getting paid once. Okay, so that's two weeks. She didn't get paid for two weeks. So that's two weeks. All right, let's look at it again. She didn't get paid, and this is this is definitely a corporate company, so it's definitely two. It's every every two weeks. Uh, 
Not once, but two times. Okay, so that's four weeks. She hasn't gotten paid in a single, in an entire month. Okay. Our company requires potential candidates to complete the sample. Today was payday and Jane didn't get paid. Okay. So now we're at four, we're at six weeks. Jane hasn't gotten paid. Once is understandable. Two is frustrating. Three is an outright slap in the face. I don't care. She would have been respectful. She went to HR. Like, in this situation, even though AHR, HR is in specific control. HR is in direct control of paychecks. That's how that works. You didn't, and they didn't pay her. They fucked up. She's 100% right to go to them. And it can happen. And it happened again. And it can't happen again. And it happened again. That thing that wasn't supposed to happen in the beginning happened three times. Three. I get it if it's two weeks. And it's four weeks. It's like, uh, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I'm on, you know, I, I gotta get my bills paid. It didn't happen again. It happened again. That's six weeks. She didn't get paid. So guess what? She has every right to gripe. That's six weeks of a company. Listen, if a company can make this type of mistake when it comes to its own employee, imagine the mistakes they're making when it comes to their customers. That's what she's trying to convey to you, that if you fucked up on six weeks of her pay, imagine what you're doing for your clients or your patients or your or your customers. Jesus Christ, get the fucking hint? If you treat your entry-level employees like this, imagine the word of mouth that's going to go out on the interwebs about other people potentially wanting to work there. People don't have to work right now. Well, so they don't have to work. They don't want to work right now. They want that. They want that Grubhub cash, yo. And if you're not gonna fucking pay them on time, they're not gonna work for you. And word of mouth is gonna travel very quickly, and it's gonna make it harder for you to find real candidates. So I understand it's you have an emergency employee fund, and she it was one of those things where she needed the money because you weren't fucking paying her. So. $500? Get over it. And if you don't want her on her team, on your team, because it's just too late and you guys can't get along anymore, then transfer her. But don't say she's in the wrong because you are the guys who screwed up to begin with. You didn't pay her for six weeks, if that's the case. If it was bi-weekly, which it most likely is because it helps you save money on payroll. But if that's the case, it's six weeks. A full pay cycle. Pay your employees. Pay them on time. Pay them, amount, pay them the amount that you agreed to in the very beginning. Or don't hire them if you can't continue to fix, if you can't fix your problems and you're going to fuck up like this. And the payroll manager was in agreement that this is something that shouldn't have happened. Three times? So, no, I'm completely on the employee's side at this point. I don't care if this person's a fucking bitch or not. It shouldn't have happened, period. You go to work, you get paid. You go to work, you get paid. You don't get paid, you don't go to work. Problem solved. Move on to the next one. Should I ask my doctor why he didn't describe me as pleasant in his written reports about me? How does a doctor decide whether they call a patient pleasant in their reports? I suffered a major injury a few years ago and have needed a few reconstructive surgeries. I will likely need more, uh, more in the future. I found a surgeon who was excellent, excellent, aside from one thing. 
Every other doctor who has treated me so far describes me in their reports as pleasant. My surgeon does not, and I can't for the life of me figure out why. I'm on time, friendly, polite. I defer to his expertise instead of coming armed with my own ideas of what might be wrong, and I follow his treatment plans. He seems warm and friendly. He doesn't seem to dislike me, yet I don't warrant a pleasant? It took my last foot surgeon one year, two months, and three days after he performed surgery to describe me as pleasant. So maybe I have to wait? I think about this every hour of every day. What do I do? Should I ask him? Do you have any reader? Uh, listen, that's... It's not something you want to you want to hedge your bets on. Right now, it's like, look, this is a specialist. So they don't specialize in finding out whether or not you're pleasant. This is a person who's helping you with reconstructive surgery. This is a very important thing. They don't give a shit about... This isn't like your family physician. Family physician is like, oh, yeah, very... Sarah's a very nice person and she has these things that, that, that yeah no no that no that's what family physicians do this is a specialist a super super specialist this is what they do they don't give a shit about all that stuff tell me what's wrong see if i can fix it that's their gig nothing else so i think you're kind of worrying about this with the wrong doctor some doctors are fucking deadpan they do one thing and they do one thing really well that's like reconstruct so, not something you need to be concerned about. <clears throat> Alright, move on to the next one. Whew. Should I tell my ex girl oh, I'm aggressive today. Should I tell my... How you doing, buddy? Good? Okay. Should I tell my ex-girlfriend that she needs to work on her tendency to be messy? My girlfriend of five years and I are splitting up. It's completely amicable. We realize we both want different things long term, so we'll be moving out of the, her our shared apartment within the next month. She will probably be living with a roommate. Should I should I suggest that she work on her tendency to be messy? And if so, how? By messy, I mean she regularly leaves things throughout the apartment rather than putting them away or disposing of them. It bothered me a lot at first, but I learned to just clean up the small things myself or remind her when it got out of hand. It's possible that whomever she lives with next won't be as easygoing. But would saying anything at this point be helpful or sound like bitterness? No. Keep your mouth shut unless they ask. You don't say anything. It's not your responsibility at all anymore. At all. Zero. The next person, if they are responsible, will bring it up to them when they're actually in the relationship. That's the thing. If they're in another relationship or they have another friendship or they're living with family, it's their responsibility to tell her, look, you're being messy. You need to pick up after yourself. That's it. So for you, your responsibility basically is it's over. You decided things weren't working out. We're going to go our separate ways. And that's pretty much it. It's not your job at all to be dealing with any of this shit. Okay? Just, it's done. Move on. Because chances are you also have problems too that she didn't bring up, maybe. Or maybe you're perfect. I don't know. Maybe you're just Mr. Wonderful. But either way, not your girlfriend anymore. Not your responsibility. You had your chance. So, um, we are at. Let's see, we have about 52 minutes over here. Okay. Um, look. I generally don't bring it up. I've been. I, I feel myself brushing up against it. And let me turn this down, actually.
Uh, I feel myself been been I've been brushing up against it for the past few weeks, and this has to do. And I know I try really hard not to make this thing. Uh, I leave the religion and the sports and the politics out of it, but this one, uh, the elephant in the room, obviously, is with all the recent mandates that have been pushed out and the war that's going on with, um, what do you call it, authoritarian, totalitarian. Uh, type of mentality that I've been seeing and the culture that's coming with it and the the threat it is on the way of life that we live in the United States. The the freedom and the life to proceed uh, excuse me, the freedom to pursue life, liberty and meaning is these truths that we hold dear. And I feel like those are under attack right now. Well, I don't feel like it is. They are. And the recent healthcare mandates when it comes to personal religious freedoms and also one's own decision to do what they choose with their body and also the uh, massive lack of discussion in the mainstream news or with government when it comes to uh, personal accountability with your own health and wellness, uh, supplementation for... Um, you know, things as vitamin vitamin D, the lack of discussion when it comes to monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin and um, uh, other items of note when it comes to just overall other methods other than just you have to be, uh, you have to take this jab and that's it. Otherwise, at this point, in some states, you can't eat, go to the grocery store, you can't frequent uh, inside lifestyle outside of your own home. You can't bring your you can't send your kids to school. You basically can't even live in the state. And at this point, it's now getting to the point where it's causing you to lose your job. It's cause uh, it's caused that decision to take place in, within my own family. It's causing people to either quit their jobs or get fired. Um, and it's something that I have to bring up because. When it comes to whether you choose to, to do what you look, when it comes to your own life, you do you. It's not my decision to make it for you. You choose what you do with your life. That's it. And the and let the pieces fall where they may. There's a lot of information that I've been reading over for the past several months. I understand a lot of what's taking place. I understand how history works. I understand how it can how it can be, it can be repeated, and I also understand how it can be erased. I also understand when it comes to things being unfair and people being cheated and when large corporations jump on with big government and force people to make terrible, terrible decisions. It's, it's a horrible thing. And now it's forced me to consider where, where is my line? When have you crossed my line? When I decide, fuck you, you're terrible... And um, I will make damn sure that if I have a decision, if I have a choice, if I have a vote, if I have a say, it will be heard. And when it comes to, when it came to that uh, terrorist attack in Great Britain that killed, um, it killed uh, young Safi. Um, she was killed at an Ariana Grande concert when a, when a terrorists came in and blew the place up and killed little Safi. Um, that 
was one of those things, one of those moments, it was one of those people that changed my mind forever about certain things, about certain values and certain cultures. And I was like, okay, I have a line. You just crossed it. You killed a little girl. She never did anything to anyone. Never. When it comes to this, this person, this ESPN reporter, Allison Williams, I don't have to say anything beyond this. I can just walk away from this podcast right now and just let you listen to her words. She made a decision. So, let's see what she has to say. So I know I've been a bit uh, mum since releasing the statement I put out a few months ago now regarding my decision to not receive the COVID-19 vaccine. I just want to give everybody an update on my situation with ESPN. And a great producer once told me, don't bury the lead. So I have been denied my request for accommodation by ESPN and the Walt Disney Company. And effective next week, I will be separated from the company. Um, First of all, thank you, everyone who reached out and texted, emailed, called, um, messaged me. I can't tell you how much light it brought in a really dark and difficult time. And I've also had a lot of people and women in particular reach out and share their stories in regards to fertility and getting the injection. And to the women who got it and have had and are having successful pregnancies and have babies in their arms, I'm beyond thrilled for you. Um, congratulations, that's, that's amazing and terrific. And I, I believe you. To the women who have reached out and shared their experiences of getting the injection and subsequent miscarriages, menstrual irregularities, um, periods after menopause, I am so sorry that that is your experience. And I pray for you and um, I believe you. Belief is a word I've been thinking about a lot lately because in addition to the medical apprehensions regarding um, my desire to have another child in regards to receiving this injection, I am also so morally and ethically not aligned with this. And I've had to really dig deep and analyze my values and my morals. And um, ultimately I need to put them first. And the irony in all this is that a lot of those same values and principles I hold so dear are what made me a really good employee and probably helped with the success that I've been able to have in my career. And it wasn't that long ago that those values sorry, were aligned with the Walt Disney Company. In April, they sent out an email to all cast members, as they call employees, saying that they believed the vaccine was the best way forward, but ultimately that the decision to get it was a personal decision. Their values have clearly changed. I understand that. I know, um, I don't know what it's like to run a multi-billion dollar company and to have shareholders and board members and financial quotas to answer to and not to mention societal and I'm sure political pressures. So I respect that their values have changed. I had hoped they would respect that mine did not. And ultimately, I cannot put a paycheck over principle. And I will not sacrifice something that I believe and hold so strongly to maintain a career. A lot of people have brought up the moral obligation receiving the vaccine um, is to being a good citizen. 
And I weighed that and I thought about the implications. We all want to be good neighbors. We all want to end this pandemic, but ultimately an injection that does not stop transmission and spread for me did not weigh in morally. So I want to just say too that um, I know I'm not the only one walking away from a career they love, a profession that is a passion. And so many of the people who are in the same situation as me are serving society and benefiting this country in ways I could never do. They are nurses, they are teachers, they are doctors, they are police officers and first responders. They are most importantly our military and they too are pilots. They too are choosing to put their beliefs first. And I just want you all to know I stand with you. But I also want people to know who support these mandates that I fight for you. Because if this is the direction we take our country, there will come a time when the government or corporations mandate you to get something that does not align with your values. Power given is seldom returned. And when that day comes, I want you to at least know that we fought and we tried. I don't know what the future holds, obviously, for any of us. I'm trying to wrap my mind around the thought that the largest game I worked in my career in the national championship game might be the last college football game I work. But I'm going to focus on what I have to be thankful for. I'm going to hold on to my faith. I'm going to pray that things get better. And then I can see you on the television set in some capacity in some stadium covering some game soon. Until then, God bless. Don't go hug my baby. <laughs> People living their lives for you on TV. They say that I'm better than you and you agree. He says, hold my calls from behind those cold crosses. Come here, boy. There ain't nothing for free. Another doctor's bill, a lawyer's bill, another cute, cheap thrill. You know you love him if you put him in your will, but.
Young.